Welcome back to the ball, episode number six. Let's get right into it. It was a busy week over the weekend. Also, the Champions League kick started again, so let's jump into it. First off, let's start out with some news. Obviously, as I said, Champions League is back. We won't have too much analytics or result talking on the Champions League. We're going to wait here at the ball until the knockout stage starts. So that way, uh, the two legs, we can have proper analysis on each leg and go a bit more in depth. Right now, there's just too many games going on. We want to wait until some of the lower competition or the less quality teams get eliminated and then that's when things get interesting so champions league is back champions league is back second order of news is if you saw this weekend van dyke is going to need surgery torn acl out eight months champions of a pool are going to have to really dig this season out if they want to repeat uh, more on that to come later and the main topic of conversation today in the news is i'm sure you've heard if you've been keeping up with any footballing news the european super league now this league is being proposed by liverpool and manchester united they are in talks themselves along with the other top clubs in europe and it already has five billion dollars in funding from jp morgan which is a big big bank and they're already saying look if this goes through we will give you five billion dollars and they trust that this new european super league will make lots of money and their investment will be a good investment um it's projected to start as early as 2022 which is interesting because it would be happening at the same time as the Champions League, which is scheduled to go through to 2024. Obviously, until the, they renew another contract, or maybe they might not. Maybe this is going to be the new form of European football that we see. Some of the interesting no things to note, there are going to be founding clubs in this European Super League. Obviously, the big six in England and... Other top teams around the world, your Barcelonas, Madrids, your AC Milans, Juventus, your Bayern Munich. And it's pretty good to be a founder of this league because the founders are immune to re re relegation for 10 years. So if you happen to be one of these clubs, you will not get relegated for 10 years. And you basically just sit in this league soaking up all the money soaking up all the money and fifa is in charge of schedule so they plan to have it go during the european season which is falls right in line with the champions league so there's a little bit of politics here going on uefa and fifa butting heads um, the Super League is going to have hundreds of millions in prize money. That's uh, verbatim. They did not disclose exactly how many hundreds, but that sounds pretty good to me. If, if you get in the competition and win hundreds of millions, especially, especially if you're a top team, which you need, it would be hard for me to see this getting shut down. Um, I, I honestly feel like this is going to be the European football that we see come 2022. Now, I want to paint a picture here for a second. You wake up 
sun's out alarm didn't go off too loud you know you're having a you're getting eased into this morning maybe you get in the kitchen and somehow there's already breakfast in there i don't know how it got there but it's there some nice bacon some eggs whatever you like maybe even some fruit you go to work it's a beautiful day at work the boss is noticing you not enough emails to reply to which sometimes is a good thing maybe it's lunchtime and your favorite coworker goes, hey, let's go have some lunch. You come right back, you get to it. Next thing you know, the day's over. Now you're walking home, maybe driving. And then flat tire. Whole day. The whole day's gone down the drain. Or you're walking home and you miss your bus, right? Or you miss your train. You finally make it home and, oh, the house is on fire. Now everything's gone bad. You had a perfect day and it's gone horrible. That's exactly what happened to Tottenham over this past weekend. Tottenham was leading 3-0 for 80 minutes and they end the game with a 3-3 draw. Now, Tottenham came out in a 4-2-3-1 backed by Jose Mourinho. West Ham came out in a 5-4-1 backed by David Moyes. If you go up and down this team, starting with Tottenham. You've got Kane up there, who has been absolutely unbelievable. You've got Huming Son, Dembele, Bergwijn also making a start in there, taking over for Lucas Mora. And also that, that position there especially is going to be uh, very hotly contested with the addition of Gareth Bale. Sissoko in there as well. And in the back, you've got usual suspects, Reguillon, Sanchez, Alderweireld, and of course, Serge Aurier. Now, looking at this West Ham team, you'd think, okay, they're going to come out and probably sit, absorb the pressure, as they should. You know, if, if it's a 5-4-1, you've got the five defenders back there, you've got a solid flat midfield, and Antonio up there ready to hold the ball up, maybe pass it back, get the midfield involved, right? Now... The game starts and Spurs are all over them. I mean, they're on these guys like white on rice. They were displaying some of the best attacking football in the league that I've seen so far. Son and Kane have a great partnership up there. To me, Kane looked like Spurs' best forward, midfielder, and defender. I mean, put this guy in goal. Maybe he'll be better than Lloris. He is playing unbelievable. He also broke the record for most goal involvements with 12 goals. He's got five goals already and six assists, right? And this is a center forward doing this up top. That's the first 80 minutes. Everything was going great. They were having a great day. The lunch was already there when they checked the fridge. The oven didn't need to be preheated before they put in the pizza. It was already hot. It was already hot. Then the bad day started. Bale comes on, misses a great chance, which could have been the winner had he known what was going to happen. In 10 minutes, they concede three goals, Balbuena in the second, an own goal in the 85th, and what a winner it was by Lanzini. You cannot take anything away from that strike. Beautiful, beautiful strike. Caught it on the half folly. Keeper had no chance. Keeper had absolutely no chance. And 
sometimes that happens in the Premier League. If you're playing in the league with the best players, it's the most aggressive, and everyone wants to play attacking football, if you go up 3-0, it's not over until that final whistle blows. It's not over. So, if you're having a good day, remember, you might just get home and bam, the fridge is gone. Or you're walking home and your shoe falls off and then you end up stepping in something that's uh, not ball friendly. And you just never know. You just never know. Let's hop into the Everton game now. So you had two teams who are consistently in the ball's power rankings. Everton was coming in undefeated. Liverpool was coming in with some of their best players back. Mane's back from COVID, or I should say back from quarantine. And also Thiago was getting the start. So we're expecting, we're expecting some very good football. And on the other side, obviously goes without saying, James Rodriguez, who ended up getting man of the match, and Calvert-Lewin, who's also been in great form. Now, these two played to a 2-2 draw. Mane and Salah put in for Liverpool, and Keane and Dominic Calvert-Lewin put the other ones in for Everton. Hamas was man of the match again, as I mentioned. He had a game-high three key passes, which, when you're on the field with Thiago Alcantara, it's pretty big feat. It just goes to show how good of a player James Rodriguez really is. Now, to talk a little bit more about this game and offer uh, another perspective on it, I want to bring in the ball's senior analytics director, Brian. And it's going to be his second time on the podcast. Brian, tell me, what, what you saw this game. What did you think about this game? I know you're a big Liverpool fan. That I am. Uh, and this game brought everything you, you signed up for. You know, we had the stars shown, given goals from Mane and Salah, as well as Calvert-Lewin. As you mentioned, Hamas Rodriguez with the man of the match performance. There was drama. There was controversy at the end. It, it was everything you, you asked for coming into this game. Now, as a Liverpool fan, what was your first thought? Because obviously, I would say the best defender in the league is gone for the rest of the season. And he just so happens to be on your team. How, what, how, how, did, how did you take that hit? Well, clearly, the man in the match, outside of Hamas Rodriguez for Everton, has to be Jordan Pickford. You know, he, he did have some excellent saves off of some really wonderful build-up from Liverpool, but the big moment came early in the match. I believe it was in the fourth minute where a ball came across where Van Dijk attacked it on the cross, and Pickford recklessly came through and just cleared him out, you know, leading to that torn ACL. Do you think that should have been given a red card by VAR? I do, and I'll, I'll tell you why. You know, towards the end of the match, uh, Rick Carlson ended up getting the red card on a, a challenge that occurred after the initial foul. That's true. There was nothing different from that play, and there were significantly less consequences. But yet, huge blow with Van Dijk out, not just for this game, but for the rest of the season for Liverpool. Uh, Matip and Gomez are 
more than capable back there. Fabinho can also slide in back there in that role. But you, it, the presence of Van Dyke is irreplaceable. And you're, you're losing an, a very important piece and a very important cog in the system here. If you look across the league and you look at some of the best teams, whenever a big center back goes out, the team goes in disarray. Look at City now. Laporte has been injured a little bit off and on, and they keep interchanging those two center halves, and they cannot get any fluidity in that team. Now, even if you go to across leagues, just look at Madrid. Madrid last season lost Ramos to dis disciplinary action, and they go off and play Manchester City, a team I think they should be beating, and they lose. Once you lose a center back, you have serious problems. How do you think Liverpool is going to get through this really tough stage? Do you think they're going to have to make some movements in the transfer window? Or do you think you're just going to dig in deep and hope for the best? I, I know they're making calls right now, uh, seeing what's available. Um, I, I know Klopp's confident um, with Matip and Gomez back there. And, you know, initially that's what we're going to work. They're going to work with. Um, you know, outside of Van Dyke's talent too, it's the, the leadership ability that they're really going to miss. You know, he doesn't wear the, the armband every match day with Henderson out there, but he is an undisputed leader for that team. That's true. That's true. It was a great match. It was a bit early though, here on the West Coast. It was, I need my coffee. That's for, that's for sure. It was a 4 a.m. start for those who don't know. 4 a.m. start. Very dedicated here at the ball. Very dedicated. But the action quickly got me, got me wake, woken up and excited. And I think we, we wouldn't be doing justice to this game without um, speaking about how it ended with the, the VAR decision that took away the goal from Jordan Henderson in extra time. Yeah, talk, talk, talk to me a little bit about that. Well, Liverpool you know, was, was going for the victory. They were really pushing towards the end of the game. And there was a ball slotted through to Sadio Mane. Um, which he quickly turned and found Henderson in this box who didn't get great contact on it, but it was enough to beat Pickford. And Liverpool were elated. They thought they had come through, taken the three points in the Derby match against their rivals, and that was quickly taken away by VAR. Now, I watched every single replay of this VAR decision, and none of them indicated that Sadio Mane was offsides. One of the biggest controversies over the weekend this was that VAR decision right there. I don't know how it, how to resolve it, or you know maybe the referees have a different perspective or some, something that I don't know. But I was I was baffled by that decision as well as the the lack of action on the Van Dyke challenge. Yeah, VAR has been a very touchy topic this season. We plan on having a segment about it for those out there who want to dig deep down and figure out exactly what is going on with VAR in this league. Um, that should be ready within the next couple of weeks. Now, it should be a good one. It should be a good one. It's time now for the Balls Power Rankings. Coming in at number five, we've got Leicester City. They're fourth in the league. They still have Jamie Vardy. They also beat City a couple of weeks ago. They might have taken and lost to Aston Villa, but Aston Villa is in good form. I think Leicester is 
still a great team. Still more from them to come the rest of the season. Number four, you got to throw Liverpool in there. Mane's back. I said before they had the best press in the league. He sets the tone with him and the team. I think they're title contenders. It's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back from this Van Dyke injury. But they have a perfect combination of aggression and class. They're champions. They know how to win. We'll see what happens and how Klopp can get them through this rough time. Number three, we've got Tottenham. Harry Kane right now is playing like the best player in the world. He's scoring goals. He's giving assists. The team has adopted Mourinho's mentality. And also Bale, who just happens to be one of the most expensive players in the world. If he can back up his price with his class, I think this team has a serious title con- is a serious title contender. Number two, we've got to go with Everton. That Hobnes and Calvert-Lewin combination, very, very nice. The fluidity in the middle of the park is, I want to say, second to none when it comes to this team. With Gomez, Allen, Dacour, and also Rodriguez coming in there, peeing those long balls across to Richarlison. It's just beautiful football to watch. And they're also undefeated. Number one, you've got to give it to Aston Villa. You've got to give it to Aston Villa. They've only conceded, conceded two goals. Two goals so far. All coming against Liverpool. Aston Villa has the best defense in the league so far. Jack Grealish is playing out of this world. They beat Leicester, who is a top six finisher almost every season. And they're undefeated. There's not much you can say about that. Congratulations, Aston Villa. You're top of the Balls Power Rankings this week. Before we get out of here, we would like to give you a little heads up on what's coming up next. Next week, we've got a very special segment. It's going to be based on a bias I have. Or a theory, I'd like to say. Now, the theory is called the English bias. I think English players are a bit overvalued. We're going to get the Balls Analytics Director, Brian, on this job. And he is going to look into the numbers. He's going to look into the goals, the wages. And he's going to compare it against other players who are not English. And we're going to get to the bottom of this. Are we going to find out that English players are as good as advertised? Or are we going to find out that they're not as good as advertised? Did Wayne Rooney deserve to be on the cover of FIFA that many years? Who knows? We're going to find out. Those are all great questions. Should Jordan Sancho be getting thrown around the transfer window with 80 million pounds, 90 million pounds, 150 million pounds for this for a player like this? I don't know. Maybe he's worth the maybe he's worth the money. Maybe he's a bit overvalued because he's English. Who knows? Who knows? We're going to look into the numbers and we all know numbers don't lie. And we'll see how it goes. Let's find out next week. Don't forget to tune in. Thanks for tuning in to The Ball, airing every Wednesday on Apple iTunes and Spotify. Let's get the ball rolling. See you next week.